this is making it here and there. Welcome to the show. Wendy Pease is on a mission to help your business go global. No passport required. She is the author of The Language of Global Marketing, her brand new book on why and how businesses should be investing and implementing international growth strategies. As the owner and president of Rapport International, she has facilitated the transformation of businesses through translation, interpretation, and multilingual communication. She also hosts a podcast entitled The Global Marketing Show, which features guests discussing their opportunities and challenges in the field. You can purchase The Language of Global Marketing on Amazon.com, and you can learn more about Wendy and listen to her podcast by visiting wendypease.com. All right. Thank you, Wendy, for joining me on Making It Here and There. I am super excited to have you on and talk about the new book you got coming out. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's been such a fun week with launching a book. It's my first one, so I've had a huge learning curve. And you just have, like you like you said, you've been super crazy busy this week with um, all the events you have surrounding it, and now you're doing this podcast with me and just... You said you're right in the high. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, we did a uh, clubhouse on Monday night. Eric Somdell, um hosted it, and we thought it would go maybe an hour. It ended up going three hours. There were fabulous questions and discussions. And um, on Tuesday, I was on a LinkedIn Live that lasted an hour, and then we had a uh, web at, um a Zoom meeting to have a party for it. And then I've got a bunch of interviews all scheduled. So it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's really exciting. I was on another podcast earlier this morning. So um, I love it. I, it's, it's great to talk to people. It's funny because it's like you're on a book tour, but it's like the virtual book tour. (laughs) (laughs) It's great because then you can just, and then when everything reopens, you can go on another book tour and second wave. Right. Right. Then to the libraries and the bookstores. Yeah. And I heard a uh, bookstore on Newbury Street, which is the big shopping district in Boston, is carrying my book now. So that just came up. And I heard this fall that they want to do some book signings or author talks. So uh, I was thrilled and shocked and excited. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. Um, so actually, let, since we're talking about the book, let's just jump into the book. Uh, tell okay. us about uh, the language of global marketing. Sure. So it's called the language of global marketing, and um, it's all about translating your domestic strategies into international sales and profits. And the reason I wrote it is because less than 1% of U.S. companies export And of those, 98% of them are small and mid-sized businesses. And so often when companies call us, they just don't know where to start. So Mm -hmm. the book starts out with just talking about what the opportunity is, you know, what just the size of the United States compared to the globe. And then it looks at some financial metrics like GDP and what Mm -hmm. is the purchasing power parity. And it helps you to think through which markets might be good ones. And then it goes through a process um, 
of how you would go about doing global marketing, complete with once you've sold and you have to have a conversation with them, how do you handle that? So, it, you know, 17 years in the business, I've got a ton of real life stories. I've got a ton of um, Google translation mistakes that, you know, I get into. I talk about when it's appropriate to use technology, when it's not. So it's, it's, uh, what I've, the feedback that I've gotten is that it's easy to read and it's loaded with really good information on how to move forward with global marketing. Now, would this would be a good book for a company to purchase when they're starting out and then would hire a consultant or a company to do that localization work for them? Excellent question. One of the biggest mistakes that I'm seeing right now is technology companies developing like software as a service or apps and they're not thinking about going global early on and then when they get to that key decision point and they say yeah we're going to expand they haven't built the technology to be able to handle other languages and it causes a real problem for them it either limits their expansion or they've got to invest a lot more in reprogramming it so i say from the start when you're starting a business look global um, that's one reason. The second is with the internet now, people are buying from all over the world. So mm -hmm. we've seen companies, they've, they've come up with a term for it now. It's called accidental exporters that they put their website up and then people from all over the world are finding it and they're ordering it so they can track this business coming in. And they found that if you do a little bit of translation, it can increase the number of orders that you're getting. So think about translation and globalization earlier on and 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 plus there's free resources in the united states to help exporters you know any of your listeners are welcome to reach out to me um and get a list you know get a direct contact at your state that will provide grants for you to update your website and translate it so you can bring in international business it's a really well-kept secret you know, when you think about it, though, even if you aren't doing, say, quote unquote, international work, just localizing even in other languages just nationally, I think is just really important for I'm just thinking of the company that I work for. I work for a utility. They have to you know, we do a lot of work in other languages because our customer base is very diverse. We work with a lot of utilities because they have to communicate with other people. And so utilities, um, anything government oriented, like education, anything in healthcare, um, they all have to provide in language communications to people who don't speak English in the United States, but let alone the law. Uh, if you go to Spanish speaking TV in the US and you flip through, you'll see, fast food companies, car companies, insurance carriers, consumer products, they're all advertising in Spanish because <laughs> they know there's a huge market here. And the U.S. has the second largest Spanish-speaking market in the world. Mexico is number one, then the U.S., and then you have Peru and Argentina and Spain and all the other Spanish-speaking countries. So right here in your backyard without leaving borders, you've got an opportunity. And the book helps with that. It talks about that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what was like the light bulb moment for you to say, I need to write a book. I need to write a book about this. I need to get this out there. Um, I need to compile it into a, an anthology for, for uh, companies and businesses that are interested in, in, do, in globalizing. 
I think where it came about was when we were doing our marketing um, editorial calendar and somebody gave me some really good advice, a marketer, mm-hmm. and she said that, a, you know, you take, you write a blog and you take three of those blogs and you put them together for a white paper. You take three of those white papers and you put them together for an ebook and then you can take your ebooks and turn them into chapters. You know, white papers or ebooks could mm-hmm. turn into chapters. And I was like, wow, well, that gives us an exact way to think about what content create. Because if we start with the book and work backwards into what information should be covered in the book, then we could, could uh, you know, break it down into what all the blogs were going to be. Mm-hmm. So listening to all the questions that people come in are, is the kind of information that we want to offer. So people realize that they can do it. And so, uh, when did you start the blog? Uh, we've been blogging for years. We have a whole resource center filled with information and videos and case studies and white papers and eBooks and, um, all sorts of stuff on the website. And so when right. you go there, you can search for whatever topic you want and read about it. But it's not like a book that's all right. organized for you. So well, you've got right. either one. If you go, hmm, I've got a question on quality, I can go to the resource center and look it up. So what the book does is take a bunch of that information. Of course, it had to be rewritten and organized and put in book format. But now it leads you through how you should think about strategy, technology, process mm-hmm. right know, exactly to, yeah and that's nice so, so like you said even though you had to rewrite some of the content you had that basis for a very long time it was just a matter of compiling it and make it creating that process for companies that like you said weren't thinking about doing that you said you really got to start from the beginning and it'd be nice to have that yeah. book as your guide your leading you down the path. Right, right. Because I really want to get the message out to people who, you know, are in marketing or they're business leaders that think global. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now with the shutdown, you can see how connected we are to people all over the world. And that's the same with your internet that can sell. So, you know, we have a couple free chapters on the, on the website. So if people want to download that, that they can just go to the website and hit the search bar and go, uh, samples and it'll, it'll bring that up to see if it's something that they're interested in. Now, what's one thing, and I'm sure there's many things, but what's one thing in the book that would really surprise your readers? All the mistakes that Google Translate makes. Yeah. <laughs> or bad translation. I mean, we talk throughout there, we talk about, well, it's actually a chapter on who can do your translation. But throughout the book, there's all sorts of examples of what can go wrong. And I think that's the biggest fear people have is how do I judge the quality when I can't speak the language? And so, you know, I have fun with it. I have a lot of stories in there. Um, and just if you think about English, I mean, I heard of a good one this morning that on a on a website, the when we talk in the U.S., we call it a checkout. You know, if you want to go to your card yeah. or you want to go check out, they call it you know your issues. Um, yeah. And then oh. another <laughs> good one I heard the other day. What was it? It's quite chuffed. I'm quite <laughs> chuffed with the outcome. And that means you're quite pleased with the outcome of something. So. I would not have gotten that from the context, but no. <laughs> <laughs> chuffed, I, 
But I guess it really, you would think like chafed. I don't know. Chuffed. Right. But apparently it's frequently used in the UK. And another one that was funny, I think this was in the book. I can't remember. I got a ton of them. So it's I'm whichever sure. one's popping to mind. But um, somebody was telling me on my podcast, The Global Marketing Show, that when they knew a man that went over to the UK and all the women there were wearing skirts at business. And he says, do you ever wear pants for work? And there was this <laughs> quiet that went over the room and somebody pulled him aside and said when you talk about pants in England you're talking about underwear we oh. call pants trousers <laughs> so he turned a bit red got a little say, and now knows to use the word trousers instead I'm gonna, of pants. I'm gonna start using the word trousers just so <laughs> somebody's underwear but yeah yeah well not in the u.s we call them yeah. pants so it's perfectly acceptable so and in that you know we talk about culturally adapting your your translation and how to make it appropriate so you don't make goofs like that um you know and, and this is something i'm sure you you've dealt with um just in general like just doing just being in this field when when you're explaining to people what you do as a for for your company rapport international do 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 people are people surprised because i feel like i know i'm trying to phrase this question in a different way but i feel like people i don't know i feel like a lot of people just they tend to still live under a rock and think globally english is the global language yes yeah english or just this idea that you know it's like like, you know, the U.S. is the center of the world and everyone else just rotates around it like a solar system. And it's like, that's not, yeah. that's not how it, it is. I don't know. Do you run into that issue or? Oh, yeah. When, when you, when you talk to any regular people, just when you talk to anybody like on the street about what you do and what your company and why it's important. Yes. When I first bought the company 17 years ago, people would say, well, who needs translation? You know, is that even a thing? They'd never heard of translation or a company that did it. Mm -hmm. About 10 years ago, Google Translate came out and people were like, oh, isn't Google gonna put you out of business? And we had, you know, a little bit of a worry in the industry. Mm -hmm. But then about five years ago, people have been saying, well, I don't need Google Translate. I need something that's right for the culture. And what they're saying is I need culturally adapted, you know, or high quality. So it's been so interesting to me over the years to see how perspectives change. And plus, you've got a couple of dynamics that are coming in. One is that the internet is becoming so much more prevalent around the world mm -hmm. that uh, people and people want information on the internet and they want it in their native language. I have a bunch of statistics about that we can get into. But then you also have millennials who have traveled much more than any other generation. So they're more open to diversity and accepting. So with those things coming together, companies that go global will be more, more successful. And the, the research already shows that is Global companies have higher revenues, higher profits, pay higher salaries, protect their domestic markets um, better, and um, their stronger businesses and their valuation upon sale is is higher. So just for those reasons alone, it makes sense to export or do global business. What would you say the biggest challenge that companies face with globalization and translation? 
just like a roadblock that you just constantly see them run into other than just not doing it <laughs> or waiting too late to do it. Not wait, yeah, not doing it, using Google Translate and thinking that anybody can do their translations because we've had so many times where translations have come to us that have been done by a bilingual employee or a distributor and they didn't, they weren't fully bilingual and they weren't trained. You know, our translators have PhDs, they're fully bilingual, they've got subject matter expertise, they understand the marketing nuances or the technical nuances. Um, we do patent. So if it's something important and can affect the bottom line, um, sales or liability, you've got to have a, a, a professional. Yeah, and you do, that's something like you said you don't want to cheap out on. You know, you don't want to just cut, cut corners in that aspect because like you said, you're going to constantly, it's going to, like you said, it's going to ruin your bottom line and it's going gonna, it's gonna to show. Definitely. Right. And, Obviously, it's going to show it's, it's language. <laughs> right, right. It is language, but there are different ways to handle that. And that's what I talk about in the book is there's a chapter on what do you need to translate. And then in the quality section, you've got to think about what you're translating and what quality you need. So I've got some four by four matrices in there to show you where you can save money, where you can leverage uh, technology and where you need to have high quality. So it's not like you just say, ooh, I've got to invest in it. You can, if you're thoughtful about it, there's lots of different ways to do it. And then don't look at translation as an expense. Look at it as an investment because you are going to get a return back on it that you can track. And that's, you know, people who do, um, you know, SEO and website sales and e-commerce, you know, they have to, they have to warn the English market is be careful when you start translating because it's going to look like your visitors go down mm -hmm. because your in-language sites are all of a sudden going to start going up. Mm -hmm. So you can create a little competition across the languages and how you're driving people there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? <laughs> what, um, what has been the most I say challenging, and it could be challenging in a good way, as in your in your professional career, as being the head of Rapport International and doing what you've been doing for the last, would you say, thirty something years, thirty four years? Well, the business has been around for thirty four years, but I bought it seventeen years ago, and okay. then we made another acquisition six years ago. So. Okay. The challenge is just lack of time. I mean, I love what I do. Um, and so I always have a, I like every entrepreneur, I've got a ton of ideas. Right now I've got a fabulous staff. Um, so they're making sure that we, we have a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee and we have a hundred percent, um, on time delivery rate. So mm -hmm. the only time we don't make deadlines is if the client changes the special, you know, the, the, the project, mm -hmm. um, so I don't, I think that's the biggest challenge is just having enough time to do all the things that I want to do and implement all the ideas. <laughs> what I love doing, I can tell you what I really love doing is having people call up and say, we want to translate our website or our marketing materials, or we want to enter this country, you know, how do we do it? And then I can, I can say, what's your corporate strategy? What's your marketing strategy? What do you want to accomplish with your multilingual marketing strategy? So that is so much fun because everybody has slightly different needs. Um, I'm sure. And is it nice sometimes when you kind of like 
open somebody's eyes about it. Like if they're like a little skeptical and then like, like I said, like the light bulb goes off and it's like all of a sudden, then, you know, you're, you really are leading them down the path of, of having a successful business because they're able to do this work in, you know, internationally, globally, like you said, even nationally because of, yeah. of doing those things. Yeah, we had, um, you know, one of the first accidental exporters I met, this was years ago, even before there was a term for it, he says, yeah, I'm getting inquiries from Germany coming in. So he had his translate his German, and then he expanded into 12 or 13 other countries. Oh, wow. And we just did a presentation for the New Hampshire International Trade Resource Center about how to handle um, virtual international trade shows. And so it was really fun to speak with him because I remember meeting him at the start and helping him figure out how to move forward with global marketing and sales. You see them like start out there like, like a child and now they blossom into this, just a different, almost like a different, like a grown up, you know, it's nice. Um, expert. Expert. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you... Um, how do you connect with different companies? Do they find you? Do they, how did that, how does that work? Well, we do a lot on social media. So if you're on LinkedIn, follow us there or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we're on all of them. You can go to my link tree, just Wendy Pease. And um, we're posting mistakes and cultural facts and, you know, language goofs and um, different holidays and how they're celebrated around the world. So if you are a global citizen or interested in any of that, we get, a, you know, we have fun posting this stuff and get good feedback about it. So I think from that, people see that. Um, and plus, we get a ton of business from referrals, you know, oh, so-and-so said I should reach out and contact you. That's, that's great. I'm sure after how many years you'd say, like you said, yeah. you're just so, you're so busy, which is good. Would you say the pandemic has affected you in any way? Would you say it, it you, you're more busy now because of the pandemic or is it about the same? How, how does... How has that impacted you? Um, Q2 of last year, we just dropped off. I mean, because that was just everything shut down and right. everybody was kind of pulling in. So that shut down. Our Q3 and Q4 were very good. So we ended up at about the same revenue as we did the year before. This year has started out very strong. And I think that's, you know, we provide interpreters for Zoom meetings. So we've seen that business come up. Um, we've got multilingual live chat and chat bots. Um, and then we've seen a lot of website translation or people realizing it. And so, you know, that's why I'm trying to get the word out is there grants to help you do it. So reach out to me and I can give you information on how to apply no matter what state you're in. That's awesome. I mentioned that before, but I'm going to keep mentioning it because there's free money out there for you to go global. <laughs> um, so how did this all start for you? Let's bring us back, 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 back. How did, how did you get interested in doing this type of work? Oh, so we're going way far back. Well, I lived in Mexico, Taiwan, and the Philippines when I was young. When I was in high school, I talked to my dad about, oh, wouldn't it be neat to be an interpreter? And he said, go get bilingual and specialize in something, which was really good advice. Mm -hmm. um, but I ended up pursuing sales and business. I got my MBA and um, kind of forgot about that whole comment. And 
um, I was laid off on maternity leave and I thought, I don't want to go back to corporate. I want to be a business owner. And so somebody, and I didn't have a good idea for one. So somebody mentioned buying a company. So I, um, daydreamed online as I like to say <laughs> and found this translation company for sale and translation is written interpretation is spoken but it did some of both and um, I met with the owner I thought oh isn't this cool I mean I majored in foreign service I speak some Spanish French and Italian I lived internationally mm -hmm. um, and it was a business model it was business to business services which had been all my experience so I landed here and then I've kind of chuckled that excuse me the um, this has been my training I mean, growing a business and specializing in foreign service and loving international, it's, it's all come together. That's amazing. Like you said, it, sometimes it's interesting, like you, you're interested in doing something, then you kind of step away from it. And then, like you said, there was this opportunity that presented itself to you and, and that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there's a Facebook group for people that went to the same high school that I did. And I said, you know, I'm curious who who is working in something they majored in, because, you know, probably five years out of school, a lot of people might not be. Mm -hmm. But the majority of people that responded to that were definitely in what they major some kind of overlap. So I was really, really surprised. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it took me years to get here, but um, I finally did. That's amazing. So what, what's the, uh, so you, we were saying, you know, you got the book coming, uh, you know, you, you're doing a lot of, of the press for that. Um, what's next for, for Wendy Pease and Rapport International? Um, well, I want to keep helping companies go international you know, anything from their patent research all the way up through taking it to market, we can help in that way. So I get a real thrill out of, of help figuring out, figuring out how companies can do that. Um, I've got another book in the works already with the co-author and I'm in talks with somebody else to co-author one. And then I've got another series coming off the language of global marketing. Um, and so, but, you know, so those are the longer term writing goals. Um, mm -hmm. As for the business, um, we just hired somebody that's going to help do some PR. And, um, you know, so I'm here. I'm here for another at least 10 years because I enjoy doing it. Look at you writing all these books. That's it. Now, <laughs> now, you're, now you're one of those authors. You're going to have all those books. But I think that's amazing. I think that's great. And like, books are still so relevant. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, everyone's short, has short-term memory. Nobody remember. everyone likes reels because they're 30 seconds long. But at the end of the day, though, this, like you said, it's an investment. And um, this isn't going to go away. Like this whole globalization, like, well, yeah, it's not, it's not going to go away. So it's just going to continue to get yeah. bigger. It's like a snowball. It's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger. And it's going to get faster and faster. And as technology improves and because it's always going to it's always getting better and faster so is so is this market so i right you know. and i don't see um the technology has opened so many more doors but i don't see it taking over high quality translation um there's right. just too many words that don't transfer in meetings and idioms and 
you know, even from what you say in New Jersey to how we say things in New England is different. So, you know, I will, there'll always be a place for high quality translation. So I have, I have a, I have a translation for you. See if you can do it. A New Jersey translation. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell everybody what ski means? <gasps> That's a North Jersey thing. Yeah. It yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Skeeve. Not like yeah. skeeve me out. Yeah, yeah, skeeve me out. Skeeve me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it means like gross me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, I always thought this was like a normal, like everyone says this thing. And then when I was in grad school, I went out to dinner with a girl from, from Georgia, from the state of Georgia. I don't know. I, forget, I don't even remember what we were talking about the context of the conversation, but I said something like, yeah, it gives me or whatever. She's like, oh, you're really from New Jersey. I'm like, what? She's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's like, what? She's like, I think I may have heard that on the housewives. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, no, I can't. I'm like, I'm like, you know what that? She's like, nobody says that. I'm like, She's like, you're really from New Jersey. I was like, oh, okay. So I guess I am. I guess I can't take that. That is so funny. I mean, that's part of, I haven't used that word in ages and I haven't heard it. But, you know, I have to admit, my mom and all that side of the family is from South Jersey. My best friend is from North Jersey. So I've spent a lot of time in Jersey. And then I so, grew up in central Pennsylvania. So, so you spend time around the word. <laughs> I've spent time around the word. But you're right. I don't hear anybody say that up here. I probably use it like every day because there's always something to be out. But <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I had to bring it up. I had. I had to you ever it. use Wicked? Uh, not really. Yeah, that's huge up here. That's oh okay. Yeah, yeah it's wicked I, hot I, out. It's wicked, you know, wicked. humid out. It's wicked. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess like that is a northeastern. New England, yeah. And yeah, I get uh, wicked. Oh, I'm trying to think of another one for New Jersey, but chocolate and water. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Water, okay. water. chocolate. Yeah, we say water, mm. chocolate. You say water, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but that's accent. That's not words. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, what else? I guess there's other ones too, but like, I never realized you, I always just thought some, every, I just thought everybody said that. I don't know. <laughs> your mind. Yeah. So, so I, before we wrap up, um, just let everybody know how to get a hold of the language of global marketing. Oh, so you can go to Amazon and just search for the language of global marketing. And um, if you just search, it's, you know, my name is Wendy McKenzie Pease, but if you just search Wendy Pease, it became a bestseller this week. So um, yeah, and industrial marketing and global marketing and new release. So, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled about that. So you can find it there or, you know, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and just go to Wendy P is W-E-N-D-Y and then P is P is in Peter, E-A-S is in Sam, E. Um, that's, you can find me Wendy P's everywhere. And I was going to say um, on Amazon, you had five stars. I think, I think the whole thing yeah. is five stars. So that's nice. Even yeah. though Amazon reviews are always iffy, but like, you know, that, that's, it's nice. I was looking at it last night. I was like, and it's, 
And we're going to I'll put a uh, link in the description of, of the podcast as well. So everybody can. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you. yeah. And I've got a speaker and author website too. That's wendypease.com. So any notes that you can put in there, I'd really Definitely. appreciate it. You know, anybody that's listening that reads the book, certainly put a review up there or reach out to me individually. I'd, I'd love to hear feedback because, you know, it is part of what I do and I want to get better. So I'm open to taking constructive criticism and I'm open to hearing if anything in there helped you because it'll help with my next book. Well, thank you again for coming on Making It Here and There, Wendy. I can't, I can't wait to talk about your next book. You're going to have to come back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you are interested in being interviewed for Making It Here and There, please send an email to M-I-H-A-T podcast at gmail.com. Making It Here and There is an interview series focusing on ways in which individuals are using communication across borders and across cultures to achieve understanding, learning, and overall consciousness of the world around us.